Welcome back to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Tony Johnson and I are broadcasting from the Podmore Get Better studios here in Burnsville, Minnesota. We're going to wrap it up with our fifth course, Tony, Pembroke Links. Yes, Pembroke, the lowest par course. Do you say Pembroke or Pembroke? I say Broke. Oh, gosh, I, I might have to fix that again. Pembroke. First Caddy Dreas got me, and now if it's Pembroke as opposed to Pembroke... I might uh might be in trouble again. I think Ook would have two O's. Yeah, that's Oak a good point. One. But hey, teach their own. Danny Beale's probably calling it grass or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. God damn it. Alright. Uh anyway, so uh get the uh inevitable out of the way here, actually. So let's start with the par. Uh I think it varies uh between set twenty seven and twenty eight par. Uh not a lot of ton of ton of variation there. Uh I am using streaks. Will is using razors. In terms of my clubs, it's almost my standard set. Gap wedge, nine iron, nine hybrid, seven hybrid, five hybrid, eight wood, three bird, six, uh, six five, four, three wood, 290 driver, and 310 driver with a nine and a half degree loft. Ooh. High loft because of hole <coughs> nine, nine or 10, whatever hole it is. We'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Uh, Will Sand said here, I play Razors, uh, the Razoids here. Uh, same club set as all the other three courses with the exception of Sand Hills. So I go across the board and have a Sand Hill set. Uh, so this one consists of the same as three of the others. Lob Wedge, Sand Wedge, 9-iron, 8-iron, 6-iron, 5-bird, 8-wood, 6-wood, 5-wood, 4-wood, 3-wood, 2-2-9-wood. No, 290, uh, 10 half degree driver. And we're going to wrap it up and close out the bag with a 8.5, probably to my detriment, uh, but trying to get that Paul Luna long drive record. Uh, still got him beat personally myself, but uh, 467, that's, uh, that's kind of baby shit on this course. I think we're going to see some big ones here. Uh, all right, so let's start talking about the holes. Hole one, the rare, I would say almost completely non-drivable hole one. Uh, I've been inside 25 yards on this, but for the most part, I'm trying to line up with the wind. Yeah. Uh, if I've got a tailwind, I might try to blast it down there for, a, say, a 30 to 40-yard chip. Pin's almost always in the front currently. Yeah, Again, hugged up against the You've got this gigantic green. Why not use it? Uh, ultimately, this is just going to be a long putt record for me once I get my homeowner and I can <laughs> play them vanguards, knock down that 200-foot putt. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, right now, it's uh, it's just a blast it down there, try to line, try to either get a chip or line up the wind. Uh, I, I've, even, yeah, I've even found myself going way, way, way to the right to try to line up the wind. You're in the, whatever they call it, deep grass over there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, deep grass missiles are kind of like sand missiles. Yeah, I, I've done the same thing. The majority of the time I'm going over in the fairway at some point in the fairway, whether I'm giving myself a five wood all the way up to an iron. Uh, to your point, just trying to line up with the wind. And lining up with the wind has led me a couple times over into that kind of waste area, deep rough, whatever yeah. the hell it's called. Um, it doesn't play bad out there. It's not as bad as mud butt like we covered on the previous course, uh, Agave Ranch. But yeah, definitely go after it. Get your birdie. Get the hell out of there. And I have uh, I have gone into the I've done a few sand snipers out of that the kind of roundish bunker, kind of dead at dead in the middle of the fairway there. Uh, it's not too deep of a bunker, and uh, if the pin's not tucked up against the front, uh, not so bad as a as a sand missile from there. Uh, hole two, par five. A uh, little bit of T-tax here occasionally. It's maybe 50-50. Uh, I, especially with streaks, I want to get over that little creek that meanders through the middle of that, that fairway. Uh, I suppose I could probably be fine if I laid back. But again, with streaks, it's a little bit uphill. 
Uh, we're going to be saying that a lot on Pembroke. Uh, a lot of uphill second shots, or a lot of uphill approach shots, I should say. Uh, whether it's a up, uh, drivable par five or an uphill par five, a drivable par four or an, or an uphill par five. Uh, no exception here. I find myself hitting a six wood, eight wood sometimes on this. Yeah, I'm I'm typically uh, turning right one, and for some reason my C3 is better than my A A1. Who knows why? But I'll pay the T tax here and uh, try to give myself a shorter approach going over that creek with a huge high T driver and hitting a C3, going after it, getting my eagle and moving on. Nice little flat green here. Yep. Uh, next up, we got a, a lot of times a pretty long par three, uh, very much like the next hole, which is a par four in my at least in my head. Uh, not a lot to it, other than being a little bit longer than a typical first par three. Yeah. Uh, they haven't played around with uh, much on the left side of this green in terms of uh, putting the pin over there. It's almost been exclusively on the right-hand side. I can see that there's a little uh, <coughs> nipple, nipple over there, uh, back left part of the green. Uh, could be a little tricky over there, but uh, for the most part, the pin's been on the right-hand side. Yeah, a lot of times I'm just going after this. Whatever uh, whatever wood it lines me up with at the pin, uh, the wind's not blowing that much, so I find myself getting the club on the club indicator that puts me at the pin, hitting bite, and then just thumbing into the wind to try to account for that. The distance is usually going to be pretty spot on, which brings us to hole four. I think this is uh, not necessarily a challenging hole, but I think this is most likely a person's potential for, for, for their first slip-up of their round. Yeah, uh, not Will's best picture on uh, GoldenTeeFan.com. You don't, we don't get a shot of the green. Uh, we get a shot of part of the green here. Uh, green's off to the left on this picture, but uh, it's kind of almost a almost a figure eight green. Hourglass figure Hourglass. eight. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times that pins in the middle can be a bit of a sucker pin there. Uh, it's, it seems to be either right in the middle, in the middle of that hourglass, or in the in the back left. Yeah. Uh, seems like there hasn't been a lot of other pin options besides those two. Uh, a lot of the same clubs that you're going to be using on the previous hole, it's going to be a 5-wood, 4-wood, 3-wood, uh, maybe 290 driver. Uh, but, yeah, not such a tough hole, but, you know, opportunity to screw it up. All right, Paul Luna, hopefully you're listening to podcast. We are on Pembroke oh, yeah. Links, hole number 5. Uh, we've had ramp situations on this hole. There are a couple different ramp situations on Pembroke. Uh, the majority of the time, there is a second faraway fairway as opposed to going over to the left and lining up and giving yourself a deeper green. I find myself going to the right. Uh, it's much more in line with the elevation, still slightly uphill, I believe, but I typically just hit a C3 off the tee, a C3 with roll, not a high tee, and that's usually going to give me a 5, 6, or a 4 wood into this green, oftentimes with bite or backspin due to the shallowness of the green because of your angle of approach. Yeah, given given that I play streaks, uh, I have to pay, a lot of times I have to pay a little bit more attention to the direction the wind is coming from. And so in this case, I'm probably where Will goes, uh, you know, big C3 or big A1, uh, straight away to that long fairway, two-thirds of the time. The other third, because of the wind and or the pin, I'm, I'm laying up left to get a more direct look down the green uh, so uh, it's going to be a little bit wind and pin dependent but uh, yeah those, those are the two main options and again if you uh, I, I can't get that ramp with my streaks the streaks just won't ramp uh, another thing that I'll be playing around with once I get my home edition update is that I'll be playing around with the spinny balls and or the razors uh, to try to see what kind of ramps I can get on this hole because ramps are always fun yeah, so, so if you find yourself hitting that ramp and uh, getting anything that's 467 or longer, crack one open, 
toast one up, shoot Luna a text, and uh, tell him to pod more, get better. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Delicious. Those mountains are blue. Uh, all right, next hole, hole six. We've got a, a hole six up six, yeah. as we tell ourselves here. Uh, there was some, I, I won't say confusion, but uh, <coughs> not paying attention on this hole, always thinking it's down six. So uh, we've got a little saying here in Minnesota, hole six, up six. I, uh, I, I'd like to add on to that, hole six, up six, offset. Yeah, offset. That's the that's the defense on this hole. You can't see the pin, which is annoying, uh, and it's offset. So that combination a lot of times can be can uh, is really the only defense a hole like this has. There's no trees. It's a little bit downhill, uh, but for the most part, especially for me, I'm hitting uh, I'm hitting bite. Bite. Uh, yep. Especially agreed. with an up six, uh, it's just going to kind of check it, uh, land and check for with the streaks. Land soft, trickle back down. Yep. I, I find that the pin is typically in the front left or front right portion. Yep. I yep, don't see it sure. in the back very often, which is why I think you and I are both tending to club up maybe just a slight hair and then hit bite with that bite and that up six it's going to trickle back at the hole since the pin is typically down front yep i agree uh hole seven is not up seven uh <laughs> hole seven is a par three uh, a few different tee boxes here a few different distances but uh for the most part pretty straightforward it's going to be a for me a three hybrid or a eight wood or something like that with bite or with with backspin uh, not much to talk about here yep not at all get your birdie get the hell out of there Ooh, all right, here it is, hole eight. Tony yeah. Johnson, take it over. It's the round breaker. This is what turns it from 27 to 28 par. Uh, this is the reason I play streaks on this course. Uh, about half the time, I feel like it gives me a pretty big advantage over non-streakers, uh, especially in today's daily. Today's daily, I am able to get on the screen uh, with streaks. Uh, I don't think people that aren't streaking are going to be getting on the screen unless they can get lucky with the bunkers or bounce it up. But... Uh, so yeah, for the most part, it's it's almost always a straightaway pound, uh, B two kind of type of shot. You want to hit a one eighty. Uh, you don't want to get one twenty one. No. Uh, dead dead ball, uh, and uh, yeah, get up on there if you can. Yeah, it always helps. Yeah, when when in doubt, I find myself laying up on this hole more than I want to. Uh, I don't hit an A one or a C three here very often, just because of the bunkers, and. Like I said, if I'm really not sure about being able to get on this green with the razors, I'm laying up, maybe getting some shot points, uh, potentially holing out. doesn't happen that often. But if you look at the leaderboard going into this hole and then coming out of this hole, you're going to see a lot of folks who either get 121 or they cross-cut the ball, and they hit the face of one of those two bunkers, ricochet back in the water, and they're taking a par. Where, yeah, that where, ricochet is killer. Yeah, where, where if you're laying up and taking your birdie, you're gaining a stroke on some of those folks. Yep. Uh, th this is, to Tony's point, definitely a make-or-break point in the round, and it happens fairly early. Uh, yep, so this is uh, this is the hole that, that changes par and the reason uh, I play streaks on this course. Also because I don't want to play different balls on one course. Oh, I should also mention the reason I play 9.5 on this course uh, instead of 8.5 is because of this hole. I don't, Great point. I don't feel like I have really any other advantage. And like I said, there's a lot of uphill shots, so I might as well get the extra loft when necessary. Uh, and I feel like since this hole's just a tiny bit uphill, I feel like, uh, having that extra loft on the nine and a half for a B two type shot is gonna help me uh, carry those bunkers and not get that damn ricochet. Great point. 
Hole nine, par five. A lot of different options here. I've seen three main ways. Uh, I use two of the three main ways. Uh, you've got a kind of a round patch of fairway off to the right. I end up there probably two thirds of the time, maybe 75%, just to the right of that little bunker. Uh, you want to not go too far. You want to kind of be at the same distance of that bunker because if you went too far in that fairway, you'd get stymied behind the hill. From there, uh, which which way I go is very much wind dependent. So if it's a if it's a straight wind or a right to left wind, I'm going to go where I just described uh, because I can I can roll into the green with a thumb shot a lot of the times and ride the wind around that uh, monument or around that castle. The other spot that I go is uh, you've got a patch of three bunkers off to the left. Uh, I'm going just short left of that, and uh, from there, it's a uh, it's like a uphill three wood or a two ninety driver. So that's those are my two options. I know Will, you do something else. Yeah. So Tony's second option, he had mentioned the three bunkers. You can see that the fairway juts out a little bit, kind of like a nice uh, perky, supple boob right there. A bosom. Yeah, so, so you can definitely land out in that little boob spot. I uh, think it gives you typically about a four-wood, three-wood in. Yeah, is that correct? depends on where the pin wind is. Yep. So myself, that fairway on the left, that's the longer one, I, uh, I find myself laying up all the way as far as I can go to the right that's in the fairway. It typically leaves me an eight-wood into it, uh, typically doing a little cut. I don't find myself going to the boob over on the left or to the right side of the fairway that often. I'd say uh, at the end of the first fairway over to the right hand side, trying to give myself an eight wood into that green, uh, probably about 85, 90% of the time, that's my approach. Uh, I'm just real comfortable with that eight wood. I feel like I can cut it down. I feel like I can blast it hard and it has that nice elevation where I'm not concerned about uh, you know the little bit of uphill elevation in that green. So I think one of the main differences for us on this whole, obviously we're playing very different shots, but I think it's because uh, you know, the reason I go where I go most of the time is because it's on the same elevation as the green. So mm -hmm. with streaks, uphill, uphill just exacerbates the issue of streaks, which is not getting In back. Not checking, yeah. And so if I, I don't, I, and all things being equal, I don't want to be below the hole. And so that's why I opt to go by that bunker, again, at roughly the same elevation as the green uh, and getting as much backspin as possible or bite if I need it. All right, over to hole 10. Uh, Multi-tier green here. Yeah, so I love this hole. This is a great hole. The, the, I mean, this, it's a pain in the ass, but I love this hole. Yeah, the, the, this is a great hole. Uh, it can be very frustrating because if you don't get it on the proper tier and throughout the course of the pre-release as well as the full rollout, we've seen the pin move around fairly well with the exception, I think, of being at the back, back left. left. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been definitely in the top tier on the left and right side, uh, bottom tier in the center and on the right side. Uh Early on, I definitely try to get as far down as I can um, to that second fairway over a cliff. When we initially got these courses out, I always thought there was kind of a creek or a river down there. There's no yeah. trouble down there. So if you do choose to go down there, you're not going to get a penalty stroke for going down there. However, going down there, I found that I can get kind of caught in between distances, whether it's a yeah. six, to, 6 iron to an 8 iron or an 8 iron to a 9 iron and having to cut the ball and it's just very frustrating so a lot of times now i'm trying to lay up for a three four or five wood and i'm doing that just back in the fairway 
um, typically just looking at my distances, looking at the club indicator, and taking it down to about you know 245, 250 yards, leaving what I have when dependent, and typically approaching it with bite. If it's on the upper tier, most of the time I'm hitting bite into this shot. If it's down on the lower tier, I feel a lot more comfortable using bite and or backspin. Backspin because it's not gonna backspin up the hill, but it's gonna act like a reverse backboard where it's not gonna go up the hill and then stay on that lower tier. Yeah, I think we're approaching it very uh, similarly. I, I think I probably end up using backspin more than you do just because the streaks streaks into a down six green, uh, usually bite wouldn't work, especially on that top tier. Good point. Um, so I end up using backspin a lot more. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a really great hole. I think that, that, that when the pin's on that top tier, I mean, that's a pretty small landing area, yeah. especially if you've got a crosswind. That can be pretty difficult. So uh, I think a job well done by Jim Z on that hole. Next up, hole 11, uh, par 3. A uh, few different angles of approach with the, with the pins, but, uh, or with the tee boxes, I should say. But ultimately, uh, you know, it's a par 3. There's nothing, uh, nothing tricky about it. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, no, no real trouble. You've got a couple bunkers around the green, but, but nothing much. Uh, yeah, hopefully they your, don't come into play. <laughs> try to get your shotties or try to get your hole out and uh, go on to the next hole. Yeah, so hole 12, Pembroke Links, as we move on to this here. We got another par 5. I am typically going left from where the club indicator on Golden Tee fan screenshot shows you. Uh, typically going left about three times and either hitting a high tee driver or just a standard tee driver and hitting a big, big A1 and going into that second fairway. And then about 15-20% of the time there is a short fairway off to the right and I'm just going to the end of that on the left and having a wood going into that green. But Usually uh, an uphill approach into this green, but not, not too bad of a par five considering you're on the back side of this course. Yeah, I, I usually end up paying the tee tax on this one just to blast it over the three bunkers into the, into the far fairway. Uh, it just makes it less uphill for my second shot. Uh, usually gives me an eight wood in from there, uh, something that the streaks can handle without much problem even with a tailwind uh, into a slightly uphill green, so uh, not so much problems there. Unless, that, unless the pin is tucked on the far left with the tailwind, you know, usually pretty uh, reasonable yeah. approach. Hole 13, drivable par 4. Uh, not a ton to this. One big tee box. Uh, from the back half of the tee box, I would say you have to uh, either play a big cut around or play a high tee over the hill. From the front half of the tee box, I'd say for the most part you can... Uh, cut it around or maybe a little baby cut around the hill yeah or just take a, a high tee straight over it uh, really relatively straightforward drivable par four here though yeah I think I'm in the minority here uh, where I don't I don't pay the tee tax here too often I find myself a lot of time just hitting little half and half cut shots into this with either wider backspin depending on the pin location uh, my only concern would be if you look at a screenshot kind of looks like a bear paw uh, with yeah. the green and then kind of five claws off to the side. Uh, there is one bunker that I've had come into play by using backspin as opposed to bite. Uh, when the pin is tucked in the back left portion of this and I've tried to get aggressive, I've gone down and in that bunker before, unfortunately. But yeah, for the most part, it's bite or backspin, just nice smoothie wood, about half C and half three, and a big green. You, you got a lot of green to work with here. Yeah, I feel like we, we've seen this par four a few times, not necessarily in this course, but it's a whether it's a grove of trees in your way on sand hill or a mountain in your way on agave or a big grassy hill on your way on Pembroke, uh, just kind of a, a baby, whether it's a half and half, C3 uh, into a green and I'm playing a lot of check. You know, I feel like we've seen this hole a few times this year. So hole 14, another par three coming in here. 
uh, have some elevation change. And, the, and as the winds are picking up, you're really going to have to look at your distances here. A lot of times I find myself either clubbing up to compensate for the wind or clubbing down a club to compensate for the wind and then ultimately hitting bite or backspin uh, to try to control that distance to have it land where you want it to. A lot of times with a headwind, I'm just letting it float down in there and not really chasing the pin. And with a tailwind, a lot of times it is going to be bite or backspin to try to keep that distance controlled. Yeah, uh, all in all, pretty good hole. Maybe a better hole as a hole 8 than a hole 14. But, uh, yeah, the elevation can play some tricks with you. So, uh, yeah, play a little so be safe on this and uh, make sure you get your birdie and, and move on to hole 15, as we will. Uh, this is probably the second most difficult hole for me as a streaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately not a, not a terrible hole, but uh, being that it's uphill, uh, a lot of t- pins almost always in the front. Yeah, front left, front center, front right. Uh, it seems to always be about, you know, a couple yards right off that fringe where you don't have much room for air. And it's a down seven. And so uh, for me, if I've got a tailwind, it can be a pretty tough hole, especially in the middle. So that, that you've got a green that uh, is down seven. You've got a middle portion that's a little bit closer to you, but you've got a much steeper slope there. And so if it's on the right or the left, I can bounce up a, a 290 driver, a three wood, it can bounce through the rough and up onto the green. It will not bounce up in that middle, middle portion. So I gotta fly it all the way to the green. And especially with that look on Golden Tee Fan, I mean, I'm gonna, the closest I'm gonna get there is 40 feet. I mean, with it, there's no way I can get it any closer than that. So uh, yeah, with streaks, this hole can be a little bit difficult. Yeah, moving on, hole 16. So as we're closing out Pembroke Links. It's a bounty hole! Yeah, this is, uh, this is the one, uh, I, I experimented with the ramp. I don't think I was having a great round, I can't recall, but uh, was in the front portion of the tee box. The majority of the time you're going to find yourself in the back tee box, uh, turning left twice, I believe, and just hitting an A1 out into the fairway. It's going to give you a nice short wood into this green. Uh, you're actually going to come downhill into this green from that spot. But every once in a while, you get to play around with that ramp where you, instead of turning left twice, you turn left once, hit a low tee driver with roll, and as you can see, and leading, up to, yeah, leading up to that castle, if you ride the ramp and ride the rush, that thing will fly. So uh, Will is famous for his 617-yard drive on this hole, which led Incredible Technologies to put a bounty on this Ooh. hole. Anyone who gets a hole-in-one on this hole, a 557-yard bar four, if you can get a hole-in-one on this hole, $500 gift card. That's Huge. pretty sweet. Uh, so uh, that'll be something I play around with again once I get my home edition. Uh, again, the streaks won't the streaks won't ramp for me, but uh, but I've got some balls at my disposal that will ramp <laughs> if I need them to, and so I'll be playing around with that just to just to have a little fun and then ride that ramp. So this isn't going to be a long drive ramp. I mean, you're gonna Will went 617 yards, but it was in the water. I mean, there's no no real way to get a long drive in terms of in the fairway, unlike hole five, that par five, where you can ride the ramp and Correct. get a really deep drive. Uh, this is just uh, more a drive for show, putt for dough kind of hole. Yeah, considering that these course reviews have been kind of a supplemental podcast to our standard format, um, in the standard format, we've talked about, I know I wish IT would just enable hole and win on this and crank it up to 500 right off the bat. Put it at 1,000. I mean, what's, what's the harm? Well, I, I think there are states with a $500 cap is my only concern. Damn states. Yeah. So, but I, I know if I was a couple off par and I was looking at only, you know, an eighth place finish or a 12th place finish, whatever it is, 
at that stage, I'd donate the dollar. If I was going after the top four, I'd want to finish out my round, ensure I get my birdie there and move on. But if I was a couple off par, I would just, boom, $1 in the machine, taking out my player account, and I'm going to try ramp that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Uh, moving on, hole seven. We're the, the troops are getting restless here at the yeah. Fox Den. Uh, I can hear <coughs> Luke has arrived for his daily. I, we are using uh, uh, Mikey's TV or Mikey's machine here for a TV. Crispy Lanetta. podcast. So he is patiently waiting outside the door here. So we're going to wrap up as quickly as possible. Hole 17, another par 3 that I really like. Multi-tier green. They've Zen-like, in fact. Very, very good job with the tiers this year on the par 3s. Uh, I like this hole a lot. A lot of options. Uh all the pins have been on the bottom side of the tier, which makes it way yep. easier. I can't wait for them to be on the top tier. This this hole will get very difficult at times yes, with a pin on the top tier. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not much. I mean, ultimately, not much to it. What you see is what you get. Make sure you're on the right tier. Yeah, definitely coming in from different angles on this hole. Um, different tee boxes come into play where you're kind of slightly shooting uphill and you're going to go into an uphill green. And also times where you have a very uh, short club, 8-iron, 9-iron, yeah. with huge tailwinds or huge headwinds going into a, what is it, down 6, down 8 green. Yeah, uh, seven. So, so the perspective on this hole can definitely change. And we're going to flip that over to hole 18. I've actually really enjoyed this hole and feel like I've gained some strokes on this hole by playing my Razoids. I, yeah, and I think that this is, uh, if I was ranking the hole 18s, I would say this is the second hardest. Um, and Second to Sandhill, I would say mm-hmm. is the hardest. Although with my with the set that I use, it's not so bad. Uh, all, but I think it's the best designed hole 18. Mm-hmm. I like this hole a lot. Uh, up 10 green. Uh, can play a ton of different distances. You got a huge tee box, anywhere from 340 up to down to 250 yards. Yeah. A lot of options. Uh, I've played an incredible variety of shots on this hole. Yes. I think it's a really good hole. Yeah, I, I found myself going standard tee a couple times with roll, nothing, bite, and backspin. Yeah. I found myself using high tees with roll, nothing, bite, and backspin. And the winds are great. I mean, it's. You have to go over, you know, a patch of bunkers there, and then it dramatically—not dramatically—but it does drop downhill a bit. So, with an up ten green, I mean, this wind is a huge factor, and this is, this is not a very deep green either. You have two little yeah. pods, one off to the left, one off to the right, and it kind of bottlenecks in between them. And oftentimes, that pin, as shown in Golden Tee Fan on the screenshot here, uh, ends up in that bottleneck. Yeah. So I, I try to end up kind of picking one of those two pods where I want to land it and leave myself, you know, a 20, 30-foot putt uh, at my crack at Eagle. Yeah, Eagle's definitely a good score on this hole. I think the, the they're using a pretty good variety of pins on this hole, at all, although I don't think we've really been all the way in the back on the right-hand pod, all the way in the back of that yet. They I'd agree really on that, that, yeah. Uh, which would, I, I think, be the easiest pin mm-hmm. position, so maybe they're get, saving it for the, yeah. for the uh, casual player or whatever, which, again, I don't understand, but uh, that's probably what they're doing there. So anyway... Uh, that wraps up Pembroke. Uh, I think uh, good course. Yeah. Lowest, uh, the the, uh, the worst, lowest, whatever we're calling it, par of yeah. the year. Uh, 27 or 28, depending on uh, hole uh, 8, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good luck on Pembroke. That wraps up our five-course preview, review, whatever we want to call it. And uh, we'll uh, go back to our regular podcasting, hopefully this Sunday, and do a an update this week and uh, go from there. So thanks for listening. Hopefully you listened to all five of the preview, uh, the course previews, and uh, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks everyone.